Thanks for listening to the Wellspring Church Podcast. Good stuff this morning. Y'all, y'all uh, help me thank the band one more time. Yeah. I didn't get up here quick enough to, to thank them in the way that I should. Um, but it's great to have TJ back. He's been gone for a couple weeks. We love having him here. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Eric Colquitt, and I am the student pastor here. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Cedric, thank you for that. I'm excited to be here today to kick off our summer series. I don't know about you, but I definitely got some summer vibes over this weekend, right? That awesome weather we got felt just like summer. Um, but we're excited to kick off a new series uh, and as they said, we hope you'll be here. This series is going to be a little bit different than our normal series. Uh, each conversation that we'll have every week will kind of stand on its own. So we hope you'll be here. We're going to have some great discussions over this summer. But I am excited to be here. Normally, I get an opportunity to speak to our students on Sunday night uh, when, they, when they let me be up here. So if I see you kind of not paying attention or something, I may have to call you out. All right? No, I would never do that. Uh, I might. No, I wouldn't do it. Um, just, just for our students. Um, but I'm excited today. Uh, I, I wanted to, as we start, kind of see if you can identify with me on something. Um, have you ever gone through a period of time where you felt like just things kept hitting you one after the other, and you're like, what is happening in this moment? Have you ever been there? Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife and I got back from a trip, an awesome trip we went on, and a couple days later, uh, we discovered that our doorbell camera wasn't working anymore. You know, no big deal. Uh, it was kind of odd. It was kind of a new system, and it was weird that it wasn't working, so I had to get somebody to come check it out. Then, a couple days after that, we discovered that our toilet and our guest bathroom wasn't functioning properly. And by that, I mean it wasn't flushing. So not good, and this is right before... Our, our son's 15th birthday party where he was having six of his good friends come over to spend the night. So it had to be fixed and it had to be replaced. Then, a couple days after that, I discovered that an issue I'd been having with my irrigation was beyond my control. I couldn't fix it, so I had to find somebody to come out. After a few days, they finally got it fixed. Then, I asked my son now that my irrigation was fixed, to go out and mow the grass. Five minutes later, he comes in the door and says, the lawnmower won't crank. And at that point, I almost lost it. I was like, what is happening? How can all these things be happening at one time? And this is on top of lots of other little things that were happening in the moment. Now, these are little things. They all got resolved and as they say, that's just life, right? Sometimes we walk through those things. But let me ask you this. Have you ever felt this way when it comes to your faith in God? Have you ever encountered something that you didn't know how to handle? That you felt like, what, what's happening in this moment? I don't, I don't really get this, God. Maybe there's somebody in your life that You've been trying to love, and no matter what you do, it's ne never enough. Or maybe somebody uh, has hurt you in your life, and you forgave them, only for them to hurt you again. Maybe you are a business owner, 
and you wanted to do all that you could to honor God with your business. And that's what you've been doing. And to this point, it's been going okay. But as you look around at the businesses around you who are doing everything but honoring God, who are being more successful and going further than you, you're in that moment are like, what? What's happening here, God? Maybe you're walking with God, trying to follow him as best you can. And things just keep popping up into your life that just seem unfair. And you're like, where are you, God? You just want to throw your hands up and say, I give up. I don't get it. What is going on? Have you ever been there? I know I have. Well, if you've been there, or maybe you're currently there right now, I'm glad you came today. Because that's what we're going to kind of unpack over the next few minutes. Um, And we're going to kind of look at this issue of what do we do as Christians? What is our response when we face something that we don't understand? How do we handle those moments? To help us with this, we're going to turn to some wisdom written by a guy named James in the New Testament. Uh, James was an early church leader. He was uh, the half-brother of Jesus, and he was also uh, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, which was a very important church in the growth of Christianity. And so James decides to write a letter uh, to not a particular people in a particular place, but to Christians in general at the time. And uh, as he writes his letter, he's kind of pulling his ideas, his themes from Jesus. And specifically, he's, he's thinking about Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we did a whole series on this a few weeks ago called The Good Life. I'd highly recommend you go check that out. But as James uh, is writing his letter, he's thinking about what Jesus said there, and he's trying to, to send some encouragement to the, to the believers at the time. And in and, and the first chapter, he attacks, he, he handles this thing we're talking about. What do we do when we face things we don't understand? So with that in mind, let's check out James chapter 1. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now let's unpack this for a second. First and foremost, you see James says, when troubles come your way. If you were here last week, Trey kind of talked about this. He said, as Christians, as Christ followers, we're not promised a good, perfect, pain-free life. We are going to face hard times. And so James is saying, just know that when those troubles come your way, you should consider it an opportunity for great joy. And that seems kind of a strange statement. And that's kind of where we're going to camp out today because we, get, we, we need to handle this. What are you talking about, James, here in this moment? He's saying, so in these moments, what, what should our response be? He says, when troubles come our way, we can, when troubles come our way, there we go, he got me. He says, consider this an opportunity for two different things. We can either choose to grow or we can choose to groan. We can choose in this moment to have an opportunity to choose joy in this moment, or we can choose to complain. We can choose other things. So as we, have, uh, as we read what James uh, says to us here, we're going to kind of have a dialogue with James, okay? So James, you're telling me here that I'm going to face hard times as a Christian. Okay, okay, I got you. But I'm supposed to see this as joy when I face these hard times? What? Is that what you're saying? He would say, well, yeah. 
So you're telling me when I can't get my teenager to talk to me, I'm supposed to be okay with that? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that when something awful happens to a good friend of mine, am I supposed to choose joy in that moment? Are you saying that as a teenager and I'm a high school student and I'm trying to live out my faith and I'm looked at as the weird one, I'm looked at as the outcast, you telling me that I'm supposed to be happy in these moments? Is that what you're saying, James? And he would say, well, yes, but here's why. He keeps going. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Let's unpack what he's saying here. He says, yes, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity to, for joy. Why? So that your endurance can grow. If anybody in here knows a runner, you know that runners are constantly training. They're constantly working on their endurance to run stronger and to run longer. And that's the same principle what, as to what James is saying right here. He says, your faith, when you, when you look at it as, a, as an opportunity for joy, it can, have, it can grow your endurance. And he says, when your endurance is fully developed, when your faith is made stronger, it will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This word perfect uh, is important for James. He uses it seven times in his book. And the Greek for, for this word literally means wholeness, to be made whole. How many times when you're facing a hard time in your life that you can't understand, does it feel like your faith is a little bit fragmented? It feels like, you know, I don't understand what you're doing, God. I, I, don't, I don't get it. And your faith kind of takes a hit. What James is saying is, hey, let's choose something different in this moment. Let's choose to let our endurance grow our faith so that we can be made more perfect and complete. Because when we're made more perfect and complete, we gain a better understanding of who God is and what he's trying to do. But if we need more wisdom in this moment, James gives us another promise. He says this, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So there it is. James says, hey, you're going to face troubles. Consider them an opportunity for joy. Why? Because it, you can, uh, it'll grow your faith. It'll grow your endurance. And then once your endurance is fully grown, you'll be made perfect and more complete, and your wisdom will grow, and you'll have a better understanding of who God is. See, James is saying, hey, in these moments, use this as an opportunity to be a faith builder. Choose growth in this moment. A lot of times, though, we make a different choice. A lot of times in these moments, we choose worry, we choose anger, we, cho we choose to complain about what's happening in our lives. As I, as I said earlier, uh, we did a series called The Good Life, and in that series, my wife April taught about worry, and she said that, that worry has roots in many things. She says this, that roots of worry come from loss of control, fear of loss, a lack of information, conflict, and emotional isolation. We worry because we don't have control of the situation. We worry because we're afraid we're going to lose something. We worry because we, we don't have all the information. We worry because we're afraid of conflict in these moments. We worry because we're afraid we're going to be emotionally isolated. 
You see, in these moments when we face times that we don't understand, it's easy to walk towards worry. It's easy to find ourselves in these spots where we worry. Uh, maybe God has given you a picture of where he wants you to go. He's, he's guided your steps to a point. But now you've got to a point, and you're not sure, should I go this way or should I go that way? And you kind of don't know. And so sometime, and in that moment, we have a choice. We can walk towards worry because we don't have all the information, or we can walk towards trusting God. We can walk towards growing our faith. Maybe something has happened in your life that's beyond your fault. You had nothing to do with it. And in that moment, you can choose to complain. You can choose to be angry with God. Or you can choose to trust him in that moment. You can choose to follow God more closely. So James is saying, in this moment, we have a choice. We must choose growth. We must choose to trust God. Why? Because trusting God fuels our growth. Trusting God fuels our growth. It, it, it fuels our reliance on God. It helps us know him more. Instead of groaning, instead of angered, instead of despair, instead of complaining, that leads us away from God. James says, trust God in these moments. Now, that's easy for me to say as the person standing up here on the stage having this conversation, right? But even for me, there's been times in my life where this hasn't been easy. I grew up in the home of a pastor. I grew up in the church. I love the church. I love thinking about the church. I love thinking about how to make it better. I love what I get to do here at Wellspring. Uh, a couple years ago, as we moved to the end of 2019, our church was in a, the best place it had ever been. Lives were being changed. We were growing like crazy. And it was an amazing time for us. Uh, and I have to say, in that, in that time, when we would have an amazing Sunday, I'd feel great about life. When, when a Sunday wouldn't be as good, I'd be like, what's going on, God? What do we do? How do we mess this up? So my identity was completely wrapped up in the ebbs and flows of our church. And we were looking forward to 2020. We were looking forward to all that God was going to do over those next few months. We got to 2020, and then you guys all know what happened. We faced COVID. And now the only thing that I had ever known about church and about how to reach people, which meant we should gather people, was gone. And I can't stand here and say that in that moment, I was just okay about it. I chose joy in that moment. I didn't. I had definitely had some times of worry, some times of anger, some uncertainty. What, what's going on, God? I worried because I didn't have all the information. I couldn't figure out where God was trying to go. I definitely worried because I didn't have control over the situation. But as those months rolled on into 2020, we, uh, God began to do something in my life. I began to trust him more and, and just know that he was in control of this situation. And he began to change things in my life. He began to show me things, uh, uh, different ways for me to trust him. And in that time, uh, he showed me, hey, you were never in charge of how many people are going to show up here on a week anyway. He said, so trust me. And through that time, he began to show me and show our team different ways we can minister to people that we're still using to this day. You see, when you decide to trust God in these moments of pain, in these moments of uncertainty, God changes your life and it changes your outlook completely. You can see this as an opportunity to grow your faith so that your faith will be more complete, will be made more whole. 
so that when you walk to that moment the next time, you'll better understand what to do because God gives you wisdom in those moments as you choose to trust him. And so James, for these first couple of verses, has been, been explaining to us as Christ followers. He's been saying, hey, you're going to face hard times. Here's what you do. Choose an opportunity uh, for joy in these moments. Let your faith grow. Build endurance in these moments. He's setting this up for us. And then, a few verses later, he kind of shifts the conversation. He kind of helps us see why this is even possible in the first place. This is a jarring statement. Choose joy in these moments. But he shows us just a few verses later. He begins to unpack who God is and why we can do that. He says this. He says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So let's unpack this for a second. So you're saying, James, I get it. We're going to face hard times. I need to choose joy. But what about this patiently thing? You didn't say anything about that. So now I've got to face something that's difficult that I don't understand. And you're telling me I've just got to be patient? What? How do we do that? How many of you have ever stood in a long line for something? We all have, right? Why do we do that? Why do we stand in long lines? Why do we put ourselves through that? Maybe you're at Disney World. Maybe you're at one of your favorite restaurants. Why do we do that? We do it because the payoff is worth it. We stand in line at Disney World uh, for Rock and Roller Coaster for an hour and a half because it's an amazing ride. We stand in line, we wait on a table at our, rest, at our favorite restaurant, sometimes not so patiently, this guy. We do it because we know the meal is going to be amazing. It's going to be in, a, in an atmosphere that we love. We, we, we do it because the payoff is worth it. And James is saying the payoff is worth it for you. Because you have a reward. He says you will receive a, the crown of life. Uh, this, this is imagery that goes back to competitions at the time. The athletes that would win, they would receive a wreath. They would receive a crown. This was a very temporary thing, but it signified someone who had won something. James is saying, hey, you have a promise of something much greater. You have an eternal promise of a crown of life. He's saying, so patiently endure these things because, because the, the payoff is worth it. You'll receive a crown of life. He, then he keeps going in the next verse and he says this, don't, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. Not only does God promise us a crown of life, an eternal reward, but as Christians we can know that God gives us good things. The creator of heaven and earth gives us good things in our daily life. So we can know, we can trust God because it gives us good things. But he keeps going and he says this. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. When your world is falling, around, falling apart around you, you can know that you serve a God that never changes. If you're facing something difficult in this moment, I want you to know that the same God that you accepted when you first met God is the same God of today. He never changes. That's the God we serve. A God that gives us an eternal reward. A God that gives us good gift, gifts. A God that never changes. But he keeps going. He says this. 
He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. He didn't reluctantly give us these things. He didn't reluctantly give us life. He chose to give us good things. We serve an amazing God. That's what James is trying to show us in this moment. But he's not finished yet. Before we read the next part of this verse, it's one of the most beautiful pictures of what God thinks about us in the Bible. It's one of my favorite parts. I want us to do a little activity. I promise you it's not, it's not going to be painful, and it'll only take a second. But to do so, I need everybody to close their eyes. Just for a second, close your eyes. All right, now, I want you, in this quiet moment, to think about the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Maybe it's a sunset or a sunrise on a beach somewhere. Maybe it's the birth of a baby. Maybe it's the skyline of a beautiful city. Maybe it's a perfectly manicured garden with beautiful flowers in it. What's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Okay, open your eyes. Got something? One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen is a sunset in Jamaica. Just filled the sky with beautiful orange colors. Now, with that in mind, with the picture you have in mind, I want to show you what God thinks about you. He says this. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. You are more important than whatever the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. God holds you in, high, in a higher place. Beautiful, more beautiful than those fall colors and that sunset. More beautiful than anything you've ever seen. God thinks of you as more important and because of this because of all the things that James told us about what God does for us and what he has done for us it can lead us to only one thing it can lead us it should lead us to worship of God on a daily basis and so James is saying this is how when troubles come your way this is how you can choose joy because of what God has done for you he's saying we must choose to grow in this situation how do we do that we do that through gratitude we can grow in this situation through gratitude why because gratitude solidifies our growth gratitude solidifies our growth it helps us understand when we understand who god is and what he's done for us it helps us continue to grow in him it helps us to grow our faith because when we face those moments and we know who God is and what he's done for us and what he wants to do for us, and we face those moments that we don't know what's going on. In those moments, you can decide to say, hey, God, uh, I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't get what's happening around me, but I know what you have done for me. I know what you have brought me th through. And so in this moment, I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to choose to follow you no matter what because I know what you've done, and I know what you want to do in my life. In those moments, we can choose to honor God. We can choose to worship Him. And that's how this all works together. Because here's the deal. When we choose gratitude, when we choose gratitude in this moment, it reinforces our trust in God. It solidifies our growth in God. It solidifies that trust. When we choose gratitude, we're more easily able to trust God. We can more simply say, say it this way. Gratitude positions us to trust God. Gratitude puts us in the position to have trust in God. We can have gratitude or we can have other things. 
if we have worry, if we have doubt, if we have anger, we're positioned for other things. We're positioning our life to be built on something different than a strong faith in God. Gratitude builds, uh, puts us in the spot to, to be positioned to trust God. So, what do we do with this? How do we deal with this on a daily basis when those hard things come our way? What are we supposed to do? Well, I want to encourage you to build in a new habit in your life. Build in a new, a new thing to do on a daily basis. I read a book a few weeks ago uh, that was all about habits. It was written not from a Christian perspective. It was called Atomic Habits. But I believe it's important for our conversation today. Uh, he, the author basically says our habits take us somewhere. Ultimately, the things we do in our life take us somewhere. And then he says this next. He says, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Every action you're doing right now is a vote for who you wish to become. Now, this conversation is important not only to grow our faith in God and who he is, but this conversation is important because every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. When we face hard times, we have an opportunity, a golden opportunity in this moment to honor God through a tough time. If you've ever been around somebody that's been given the worst news of their life and their faith is not shaken, it's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. And so what I want to encourage you to do and what James is encouraging you to do is in these moments, choose to trust God, have gratitude, be thankful for what God's doing, even if you can't understand, because the world around you is watching. They're going to go through hard times too. And if we can choose to honor God, even in this most difficult time, the world will notice. So as we think about taking different actions, I want to encourage us to cultivate a habit of gratitude. Cultivate a habit of gratitude. Now, this is easy. This is easy for us. And the book also says that habits should be something that are easy to do, things that you can attain on a daily basis. It's not hard to be grateful, especially when you consider the beauty that's around us. We are so blessed to live in a place surrounded with beauty. If you just take that, all of us can take five to ten minutes and drive to the beach even if you hate the beach just go and look at the ocean and be thankful for what for who God is when I go to the ocean I thank God for his creation and then immediately I think but God thank you for putting me in a higher place and even this beautiful creation thank you for what you think about me you can have gratitude on a daily basis whatever you see around you just stop and thank God for it I promise you, as you build that into your life, you begin to trust God more. Because when you understand what God can do for you and what he has done for you, it puts us uh, in a position to trust him. Gratitude positions us to trust God. So let's, let's be thankful this week. Let's find opportunities to be grateful. And I just want to speak to maybe someone here today that's uh, going through a hard time right now and your, your faith is being challenged. You feel like, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, God. I don't understand. Things just keep coming at me left and right. I want to challenge you. 
to this week, maybe today, find a quiet moment and remember all the ways that God has blessed you. Remember all the things that God has done for you. Remember all the promises that God wants to do for you. Because when we remember his promises, it shapes our view of him. So be thankful today. Be grateful. Think about the beauty that's around you and let it position you to trust God more. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for oh, the many, many ways that, that, that you bless us. Lord, help us to have grateful hearts. Help us to see the things that you're doing all around us every day. Help us to be grateful. Because when, if we're able to be grateful, Lord, when we face those hard, hard times, we can trust in you because you are a good God. Help us to remember that on a daily basis. Thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.